everybody. You are listening to Hotter Than Health, the podcast. This is a podcast focusing on fitness, nutrition, and an overall healthy lifestyle. My name is Eliza Gellman, and I am so happy to have you here with me for today's episode. to this week's episode of Hotter Than Health. We're trying something a little new this week. I figured that another way to share the word, share the good word, um, and really just make sure that people are getting the full effect of the podcast. Fuck, I'm still trying to figure out this hair situation as well. And it's not great for the ego, not great for anyone for me to be able to see myself talking, but whatever, here we are. So basically, the reason why I wanted to add a video to the podcast was because four years ago, when I started the podcast, I asked myself, how do I learn best? And what is something that I absolutely love? And I said, I love podcasts. I'm not scared to fail. I'm not scared to, that's a lie, I'm totally scared to fail, but I'm not scared to try something new and this is a medium where I really feel like I can understand and absorb. Some people are more visual learners, right? I'm more of a learn by doing, learn by failing, learn by uh, really absorbing. So that's why podcasts work really well for me. So I figured why not give it a shot for some people? Maybe, maybe you're getting ready for a night out on the town. Maybe you are kind of multitasking, doing something passively, and you like to have a YouTube video up. Some people are just really into YouTube. Uh, maybe we'll get some of these Gen Zers up in this bitch. But either way, um, I'm piloting this today. I'm super pumped about it. I hope you all enjoy it. I'm going to end up having a little bit more of a playful, unedited, slightly longer version on YouTube. And a more edited, concise version on the podcast. Now, the podcast you can find anywhere you listen to podcasts, which is Spotify, SoundCloud, Overcast, iTunes, wherever. You just type in Hotter Than Health. It'll take you there. You can also find it on my website. And now YouTube is just another platform where people can get this information, right? Um, quick glimpse into life. I haven't done a solo episode in a while. I have been absolutely loving all of the guests that we've had on. If you haven't already listened to the episode from episodes from the past two weeks, we had Frederico Tanetti. He's a good friend of mine from Charleston. And we go through his entire coming out story. It's absolutely incredible. He is such an iconic storyteller. He goes through so much in his life that has really added more levels of depth to him as a person. He's so complex. He's so eloquent. He's hilarious. He's sexy. And he went through his entire journey. Um, you can check it out. It's called Fun Slutty and a Little Dangerous for good reason. Check out part one and then check out part two. So far, um, this episode has just been killing it. And we had more downloads for this episode, part two, just in one week than I have in a really long time. So let that speak for itself that this episode is crushing it. So we're going to get into this. I'm so excited for today's episode. Um, just 
quick disclaimer. Uh, there was a tornado, hurricane, tropical storm situation happening in Charleston right now. And I think everyone in Charleston got one of those insane, horrific noises, alarms, alerts on their phones last night at 3 a.m. So everyone in Charleston is tired today. Everyone in Charleston is tired today. So the alert was like, get into a basement, X, Y, Z. We didn't. We slept like babies. The dog slept like a baby. I'm, I feel for anyone who didn't. Sorry if you have a newborn that was awake all night. I'm truly, I cannot relate, but I'm sorry. Um, but anyways, so that's what we're dealing with today. And, mm, oh, 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 Jack, your tail. <sighs> the dog is right here. And his tail almost knocked over the ring light. All right. Let's get into today's episode. What we're going to be doing is a Q&A. I haven't done a solo episode in a while, so I figured, what the hell, let's ask some questions. I feel like I really miss these episodes, I, really getting to connect. And when people ask questions, it's just another level of not just validation. I don't want to sound like an asshole, but yeah, validation. Um, and it also just adds another level of intimacy. I don't care. I do care. I fully care. But it's not so much about how large the audience gets. It's about how valued the audience feels. And it's about how connected I stay with them and you guys. And it makes me really happy to be able to see familiar names, new names, new faces. So we'll get into today's question. I'm going to be referring back to my laptop, which I know is not aesthetically pleasing. But today, I honestly just... I threw this up there. I talked about it with my boyfriend last night and he was like, there's a whole, like Joe Rogan does it. A lot of people film their podcasts. I'm just kind of like bootstrapping it, doing it in a uh, little jerry-rigged kind of way. So we'll start out with today's question. I have about five or six questions that I wanted to get to. If some of the answers are shorter, then I'll get to more. Otherwise, we're going to just, we're just going to roll with this, right? All right. So let's get into the first question. So you all have heard me talk about proper food combining a lot, right? So proper food combining is not so much changing what you're eating, but the order in which you're eating it to optimize digestion and absorption, all right? So for instance, there are a couple of principles that go along with proper food combining. So there are three main ones that I like to focus on, which are uh, fruit on an empty stomach. I personally don't like to drink water with my meals and then don't eat um, starches and heavy proteins together. I want to get into this a little. After I answer this question, I am going to be totally honest with you all. I love this concept. I think it totally works in so many respects, and I definitely f still follow principles. But like anything in life, the rigidity of it is not for everybody. And I think that balanced meal-wise, hunger hormones-wise, sleep, digestion, poop-wise, it makes more sense to have a balanced meal. Now, however, if you're struggling with having a protein, fat, and a starch at a meal, then by all means, like give this a try. I think it's a fantastic resource, especially if you're working on digestion. And I think it's an, another way just to simplify your meals, keep it easy, keep it non-processed, and add greens all the time. So the first question is plant-based food combining. I know about fruits and no meat and potatoes, but what about the vegetables? So I kind of just touched on this a little bit 
Um, we won't go into all of the rules of proper food combining. You can look back on Spotify, wherever you find the podcast, and you can take a look at all of the other episodes that I've done about proper food combining. So what I would say about vegetables is so leafy greens and greens in general, veggies, they're more alkaline, which means that your body is in um, not a state of acidity. It's not out of its balance with its pH. Mostly we're looking at greens to alkalize and help to neutralize a lot of the acidity that comes with dairy, processed foods and meats and um, processed oils. So greens add with anything. So that's one of the things I love about proper food combining that I really do try and add in as often as possible is that greens can go with anything. They can go with um, smoothies. I mean, still maybe you wouldn't typically have greens combined with your fruits, but um, you know, if that's what you're into and you want to do like a green juice and a bunch of fruit, that's totally fine. Um, but I'm going to stop saying, um, cause I don't want to edit all that out, but greens have with anything. So if you have potatoes and a steak and you're like, fuck these proper food combining rules, you can always still add greens to your food. And then you're still incorporating some of those methods. So greens with fruit, greens with starches, greens with uh, other greens, greens with anything that is totally fine. Um, I highly recommend adding in greens as often as possible. Now, there are some ways where, you know, if you are struggling with a thyroid issue, maybe you want to reduce things like kale and some cruciferous veggies. But again, talk to your doctors, try and figure that out, like what sensitivities. And if you're struggling with thyroid, do a little bit more research on what foods are exacerbating it and what foods are inhibiting and adding things like goitrogens, so gluten, dairy, and um, things like kale, which is super interesting. And I'm not saying that everyone needs to remove kale. I'm just saying know your body and start to get to know it. I think that by adding a ton of greens in to any meal that you can, you're automatically going to start to feel more vibrant. Your digestion is going to be a little bit more smooth um, and it will definitely increase your fiber intake, which helps to keep you fuller longer and it helps the slower, it helps to slow down the release of sugars into your bloodstream, which can help with um, high blood sugar, right? Okay, so another question that we had come in, how to be social while still hitting your fitness goals? Now, this question says, fitness goals, but I'm kind of going to fully encompass your fitness, nutrition, weight loss, health, those type of goals. So I think that the first thing I would say is don't be scared to be social. We are human. We are meant to be in packs. We're meant to be in communities. We are meant to be surrounded by others. Now, if you are surrounding yourself with people who are not necessarily aligned with your goals and maybe they're not supportive of your goals, <laughs> then that's when I would start to take a look inside and say, are these your friends by default or are these your friends because they're expanding you? Are they expanders? Are they making you better? Right? So that's the first thing I would kind of look at just on a deeper level. But but in order to continue to hit your fitness goals, so a huge part of noticing your body changing, fi- hitting some pro- some progress points, some checkpoints, and 
being consistent. I think that's a huge part of this. It's like, okay, I want to stay consistent at the gym four to five days per week, eating really healthy five or so days per week, but I still want to be social. So we have to think of social as not just going out and eating and consuming. Social means communicating, connecting, being around people in different energies, getting inspired. So honestly, come with something to talk about. That's that's why we have these experiences so that we can listen, so that we can ask questions. I'm telling you, if you if you want to start to have more conversations with people that will go in depth so that you can actually spend your time connecting with people, then ask questions and start to really listen. So what I would really honestly do, ask people questions about themselves. There is nothing that people like more than to talk about themselves. Ask them an open-ended question, not just, hey, how was your day? Because everyone's going to be like, my day sucked. But and you don't want to hear that negativity. Maybe you went in with like a really high vibe and they're super low vibe. But say, hey, um, I noticed that you went home this past weekend. Where are you from again? Or just tell me about what you did while you were there. And, you know, lots of things like that. But what I would say is to getting into like some tangible things that might be helpful for you would be, and let's say you're a morning workout person. You want to keep hitting your progress and going to the gym in the morning um, before work or even in the afternoon, whatever. You want to make sure that you're getting good sleep. So sleep is where so much of our growth, repair, and progress actually happens. So what happens when you are sleeping is your body is going through a state of like detoxification, um, cleansing, as well as repairing and building. So you have a lot of your peak repair and uh, human growth hormone happening at night. So if you're one of those people that's saying, okay, um, I'm going to stay out super, super late, but I'm still going to hit the gym anymore in the morning. That's where I would say do that in moderation because at the end of the day, if you're working super, super hard, but you're not being smart about anything else that you're doing, such as nutrition, such as sleep, and hydration, then you're working, you're, it's an uphill battle, right? And the only way to really stay consistent is to end up doing things that you're enjoying. So if you're showing up to the gym hungover as hell, then you're not going to be enjoying any part of your workout. So there's that. Um, while you're out, stick to drinks that maybe aren't as sugary. And if you know you're going to go out and have some drinks later on in the night, then earlier in the day, have your balanced meals. So often I speak with clients and I just ask them, okay, if you know you're going out to eat and having some drinks later on that night, what is your day like before that? Eight times, nine times out of 10, my clients will say, well, I typically restrict so that I can be better later on in the night. And then it gets into this restrictive mindset. It gets into a vicious cycle of depleting yourself, being scared to really fuel yourself properly so that you can binge later on, or maybe even not binge, but feel less guilt. But that never happens. We never, that shame is never taken away. Typically, we just feel shittier. So what I really encourage you to do is have those balanced meals, have a big green smoothie in the morning so that you know, okay, even if I'm not eating super healthy at night, I know that I've nourished my body a little bit in the morning, right? Um, and then also, sorry, I keep checking back. This computer's old as shit. So I feel like I always have to make sure it's still going, but 
with that, you, you know, you have your big smoothie in the morning, like you have something very nutrient dense, get some protein so that you're staying nice and full throughout the day. And then throughout the day, continue to have those balanced meals because what happens typically is when we find ourselves overeating or ordering just the chips and the salsa, overeating the guac and the queso and the things that might be unhealthy and, and inflammatory towards us and not helping us to live a life of longevity and health and nourishment and energy, then I would definitely say we we tend to eat more unhealthy things at night to overcompensate for the calories that we've restricted throughout the day. When we eat balanced meals throughout the day, then our hunger hormones are happy. Our satiety is good. We're feeling full. We're feeling nourished so that we're able to just take a couple bites of things. We're able to try things at the table while ordering our meal. We are more prone to ordering the healthier version of something when we've had balanced meals throughout the day. So we may think that it's we may think that it's counterintuitive because we're like, oh no, if I eat normally throughout the day, then I'm going to overeat at night and then that's more than 1900 calories or X amount of calories that I'm supposed to have and I'm like we have to get away from the calories because if you're eating balanced meals, you're less likely to overeat and progress is not going to be in a up into the right motion, it's going to be a little bit more like a wave, a little bit up, a little bit down, and it's going to keep progressing, right? That's a long-winded answer of making sure that you are fueling yourself properly before you have those social events at night. It's making sure that you're staying super hydrated, getting your electrolytes in. So whether you are using like a hydration tablet, whether you put a little bit of pink Himalayan sea salt in your water at night, that is a huge, huge way to ensure that you are absolutely giving your body what it needs. Um, also what I will say is actually, we're going to get into this cause I saw another question earlier that it, this will be more pertinent to. So that's my question or that's my answer for going out, staying social. Um, and also if you know, you have a really, really busy social week, social gathering, those are the times where I would make sure that you're getting a ton of walks in a ton of steps in. And then also might be a good time, like based on your hormone cycle and things like that, of course, but to have maybe one really heavy leg day and one heavy upper body or full body day and really break down your muscles um, just to make your workouts work a little bit more efficiently for you. And then the rest of the time, if you're just doing body weight work or at home workouts, maybe you're on a trip, whatever, or you're just walking, your muscles are still being progressively loaded through throughout the week. The next question is balancing hormones and especially clearing up cystic acne. Okay. If you have listened to this podcast before, you know that I struggled for years with cystic acne. I hear this all the time. I would see it on commercials I would see YouTube stars talking about it. I would see people on Instagram with their fucking ads talking about how they cured their cystic acne. And I'm like, no, Brittany, you had one pimple and it took over your whole day. I was, I'm talking painful, under the skin, volcanic, eruptive, red, didn't want to look people in the face. I would cake on makeup right after I like popped a zit and it was painful and I was like oh I really don't want to put makeup on this zit but I can't look at people in in their faces and the makeup didn't even look good like I'm telling you I looked like patchwork poly it was awful slapping foundation that didn't match and blush it was 
mm, I looked like a clown all the time. And that was just my journey and I have overcome it. Um, but again, I'm not saying that I'm not prone to have that happen again. So balancing hormones and especially fighting off acne, there are a few things that I would look at that before you take a look at your diet, of course, less processed foods, like that's a, that's a blanket statement, but there are a few things that I would look at. Are you on birth control? When I was dealing with my hormonal acne, hormonal acne, and this is for men and women. This is not just for women here. This is what we're talking about is like whether or not you have PCOS, legit PCOS, and you weren't just, you know, suffering with a few different things and your levels were off just by a tiny bit. So by the way, if you're struggling with PCOS, get at least another opinion. I believe get another opinion um, and make sure that they're not just like putting you on birth control, find some preventative, maybe a naturopathic doctor that will help you with like some herbs and medicines that will um, allow you to not just live with it and deal with it through another form of blanket birth control. But anyways, look at if you're on birth control. I was on birth control. I mean, from the age of 15, I'm now 28, from the age of 15 all the way to basically 25, 26. And then I tinkered with it again about six months ago. Um, and it was horrific. Don't recommend it. But again, if something is working for you and you're not struggling with anything, then by all means, like stick to this. This is just my opinion. I'm not a doctor and I'm not a hormone specialist. Um, I'm not telling you to like get off the pill, but what I would say is if you are on a birth control, take a look at that. And if there is a natural way for you to cycle, seed cycling there, we're going to have a professional on the podcast in a couple weeks talking about seed cycling. So give it a Google, um, making sure that you're syncing up your periods. Are you having irregular periods? All of this has to do with hormones, balancing hormones. Um, when I was on an IUD, I had the Skyla for about two years. And after a year or so, I started noticing really intense hormonal acne. My moods started getting wild and my hair was, was a little bit greasy. Like all of this, all of this, all of these things that just didn't really make sense to me but I never really thought of it as from my birth control. And then I started doing more research and I started figuring it out, but I was also having issues with like yeast infections and all these different things we don't have to talk about there in previous episodes. But um, I got my IUD out and I am not exaggerating. Hand on God, I noticed a difference in one day. I noticed a difference in one day. I felt like my skin was starting to just exhale. I'm, I believe that it definitely had something to do with the IUD. So for about two years after that, I was not on birth control. I was just tracking my periods through a flow app, um, using condoms. Um, if I wasn't at a time in my period when I should like be having sex and I was still out method. You know, I'm not saying it's perfect and I'm definitely not saying that nobody has issues with that, but I'm saying I worked really hard to track it and make sure I was following my body cycles and giving my body a little bit of time. So that really, truly, truly helped. And then I tried, um, the copper IUD cause I was like, okay, I'm in a relationship. I'm like having more sex. So let's just go ahead and give this non-hormonal 
a try. Oh my God. My periods were nine days long. Heavy as shit. Like bye bye diva cup. It honestly, the cup floweth over. It was not a beautiful time. So I took it out and not me personally. I did not take this out. Oh, Jesus. Um, have you ever seen, anyways, we're, we won't get into the picture of the baby holding the IUD. It's fucking gross. Um, so anyways, that's where I would start. Are you on birth control? Take a look at that and maybe do some research on your own if you are, if you are. One other thing I would say, take a look at your sleep and your exercise routine. Do you have anything consistent? Are you waking up stressed in the morning? Are your cortisol levels spiking throughout the day? Are you having any sense of calm? Are you very anxious? These are a lot of things that may signal a hormone imbalance. So what I would really say is get your sleep hygiene seven to eight hours a night. Some people can operate off of six. That people is not me. Um, I, I genuinely believe that overall, like I, I genuinely believe that people should be getting at least seven hours of sleep. I know that in some seasons of people's lives, maybe they have a newborn, maybe they have a brand new job and like things aren't always going to be perfect. But as a general rule of thumb, I would try and get at least seven or eight hours and do not look at your phone first thing when you wake up. I know you're asking about acne and like, what the hell could this have to do with acne? I am telling you, if you're starting your day, of course, we want our cortisol, which is our stress hormone to be at its peak in the morning, but we don't want it to be a madhouse where we crash later on in the day. We want it to be an easy spike and then an easy drop, not a, you know, if you've ever been to Carowinds, not a drop zone situation. So I would say get a, get into a good habit of a morning routine and a night routine. And are you cycling up your workouts with your monthly cycle. So there are a lot of times when we are pushing our bodies too hard as women during a phase in our cycle when we really don't need to be and we really need to be focusing on more lightweight movement. This is again not wanting to have to fight an uphill battle. So it might, you know, we're in this like grind hustle culture, but I'm saying you can work hard and you can work efficiently, but the more you know your body, the more you know when you're about to burn out, you know when to back off and you know when to really give it some gas. So I encourage you to look back at my episode with Adelie Kirsch. We go through how to sync up your workouts with your cycle. And I'm telling you that will be so impactful for your hormones. Also, making sure you're not really having much caffeine later on in the day, staying super hydrated, so sleep birth control, cycling up your workouts with your cycle, as well as um, making sure you're staying super hydrated um, and getting rid of more processed food if you are able to. That's what I would say about hormonal acne and get a double cleanser. I've been using, I've been using Revision, the facial cleanser. Elemis has this apricot toner and oh my God, I used to have, these are kind of dark spots from previous breakouts, but I used to have all around my jawline, dark, dark, dark everywhere. And now like a year and a half ago, I would never have stuck my face near this camera, but now I'm like flex, flex, chin, jaw, love. I thought that was impossible. 
I would never have done that. I would have been wearing a mask in 2018. So that's something I would definitely look into. Okay, the question is seafood, how often to eat it, and any healthy weight gaining tips. Well, this is two questions. So we'll answer this answer answer this separately. So the first one about seafood. Often I, I'm really I would like to preface this by saying I am so happy that people are becoming more aware of the impacts, not just environmentally, but health-wise, of too many animal products in our system, too much saturated fat, too much antibiotics, too much added hormones, animal products. And so we sometimes forget that seafood is also an animal product because so often it is we replace a chicken or a steak or a a pork with seafood. We do have to also remember that there are there's definitely things happening in the ocean that maybe aren't fantastic for our for our health. Now, w- some things I would look at, and if you've seen Seaspiracy or if you've heard this podcast before, you know that we cannot always trust a label. So for seafood, there's definitely, I wish that I knew how to like pop a picture right here on the screen. That'd be great. I'll figure that out for you guys. But there is a chart of uh, heavy metal fish. So fish that contain more heavy metals that our body has to work harder to detoxify, hence more inflammation in our body, hence higher risk of chronic illnesses such as cancers and things like that, or autoimmune. And we're looking at things at the top like tuna, mahi-mahi, not just sea bass, but we want to look at what types of fish are lower in mercury. And I know just off the top of my head that maybe salmon or shrimp, sardines, and uh, things like anchovies, cold water fish, those are really fantastic grouper because it just grows so fast in the ocean. So typically they don't have like they're snatched up pretty quickly. So things like tuna are going to be super, super high in mercury. So if you are going to do it maybe once per week and make sure that you're really eliminating properly. So anytime that you are, um, anytime that you're really making sure that you're eating a lot of seafood, maybe two, three, four times per week, or maybe even every day, multiple times per day, we really want to make sure that we are detoxifying, right? That also goes back to the previous question about cystic hormonal acne, making sure that you are eliminating any extra extra hormones um, by pooping a full amount every single day. That way you are eliminating excess hormones in your body. So as far as fish, I would say to maybe minimize tuna and things that come in cans. I, I personally eat seafood probably one or two times per week, I will do a wild salmon. And I'm not saying that salmon isn't an animal and it doesn't have feelings and it's not great for the environment. I totally understand that. But I think that a big thing that we really have to understand, I tell this to all my clients saying, look, not everyone needs to be a hundred percent perfect, but we all need to, we all need to do our part. We all need to try a little bit. The world would be such a better place and so much cleaner, so much safer if everybody made a 10% shift towards being more plant dominant. And instead of 10% of people being a hundred percent, do you know what I'm saying? Great. With the seafood as well, we're looking at things like heavy metal, arsenic, and anytime we are really 
increasing the amount of heavy metals that we have, we want to also make sure that we are eliminating detoxifying. So I've worked with a company called Energy Bits and they have a a product called Chlorella. Their tablets are absolutely insane. I love them so much. This is not a sponsored ad. The Energy Bits are, I think I have a code Eliza G for 15% off. So check them out, Energy Bits. It's in a podcast on in the past. I still get people messaging me. I had someone message me yesterday saying, hey, oh my gosh, I really want to get these Energy Bits. The chlorella is such a fantastic way to eliminate. It binds heavy metals. It helps to clean you on a cellular level and really helps with longevity. All right, you can put them in smoothies. I take 30 at a time and you heard that right, three, zero. And they've, I love them so much. It definitely makes your poop a darker, like forest green, but here we are. Now, with her second question, with healthy weight gaining tips, you are going to have to be in a more of a caloric deficit and potentially lifting heavier weights. So don't be scared to experiment with some heavier dumbbells at the gym, working on big muscle groups like squats, chest, back, lunges, hip thrusts, that type of thing, using some heavier weights with proper form. If you need to get a personal trainer for a couple sessions just to go through fundamental workouts, and then after that workout, that's when you want to increase. Maybe add some nut butters throughout your day. It doesn't need to be a lot. You don't need to be like stuffing your face with burgers. Maybe add some nut butters, adding in some more um, grains, pastas, beans, legumes, a little bit of coconut oil, some coconut manna in your smoothies would be really fantastic, and maybe a scoop of protein powder. I know one of the first people I ever had on the podcast, Ryan Reed, he often mentions having a pre-bed smoothie, but digestion-wise, because you know I'm the queen of everything digestion, I would definitely recommend doing it maybe one to two hours, so like maybe as a dessert after dinner. So if you go to bed at 10, have it around 8, 8.30, and do like a cup or a half a cup of oats, a scoop of peanut butter, and a little bit of protein in there, blend it up in a smoothie. Highly recommend. I think that's a really fantastic way. Just, I mean, you could do it midday as well, but typically people aren't like blending things midday for a snack unless you're working remote. So add that in so that you have had your calories throughout the day in a healthful way. And then you still have something with like not a lot of processed sugar and nothing that's really going to spike your hormones too much or spike your um, blood sugar too much because you have the fat of the peanut butter to slow down the absorption of the oats and the carbohydrates. So that's a really good one to have late in the day for a little bit of healthy weight gain. And I really appreciate people asking that question because I, I see it often where people are like, oh, cheat meal and they're trying to build whatever and they just go ape shit on burgers and fries but at the end of the day it's so inflammatory for you that it that's just that's so temporary so I think that the healthier version of um nuts seeds legumes smooth uh, protein smoothies um with a banana having some more fruits a bigger salad adding another serving of something to your salads or sandwiches is really going to be fantastic or if you do like a wrap throughout the day do a wrap and a half The last question, well, not last question, do I intermittent fast? I do sometimes. This is a great question. Um, Intermittent fasting is not for everybody. Like if you're trying to get pregnant, you want to be adding in some like healthy fats, healthy proteins, maybe do breakfast. But 
Um, I am not a professional with intermittent fasting, but I definitely have had a lot of experience with it. Now, this is also a time when you want to be looking at your cycles. There is a phase of your cycle that you potentially don't want to be intermittent fasting for more than maybe 12 or so hours because it can disrupt your, uh, disrupt not just your cycle, but your hormone levels. And it can cause a little bit more inflammation and destruction but there are a lot of times throughout the month where it's really beneficial. I think from a digestive standpoint, giving yourself, um, giving your digestive tract just a little bit more time to recover, digest, and eliminate is going to be really fantastic for overall longevity, skin health, hair, energy throughout the day. You'll feel so clear-minded if you're doing it at the right period of the month, all right? So I've definitely done 24-hour fasts. I did a 36-hour fast a couple of times. I really enjoyed it because I did it at the right time of the month. Now, if I'm about to be on my period and I'm super sensitive and I'm just like, my boobs are swelling, which hasn't been happening lately, which is sad, but if I know that I'm in that like very sensitive stage in my cycle where I don't really feel like working out hard and I'm just... I'm overly sensitive and that's just how it happens right before your period, like that week leading up to it, that luteal phase. Um, that would be the time where I would say, hey, lay off the intermittent fasting, focus on like whole grounding foods. And then once you are out of that phase, right after your period, like near the end of your period, that's when you're like, okay, I can do this. And that's when you would start to experiment by maybe extending your intermittent fast a little bit. I truly enjoy it. It definitely helps with my digestion. So for instance, I'm about 12 days away from my period. So maybe five, in about five days, I won't be intermittent fasting. I'm just going to eat when I'm hungry. And if it ends up being intermittent fasting, great. But, um, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't put too much pressure on it. Like if you're starving, then have food. But what I would say, tip for anyone who is intermittent fasting, boy, girl, human, cat, dog, definitely don't break your fast with like a bowl of cocoa puffs or say to yourself, oh, well, I've intermittent fasted. Now I can have two donuts. That's not the case. What's happening is your blood sugar levels are so low when you're intermittent fasting, which is beautiful and healthy. And like, we want to make sure that they're staying level, but it's like being woken up by a loud horn going off in your ear. That's not what we want. So it's like being woken up with a loudspeaker as opposed to like soft kitten back scratches, right? And who doesn't want to be woken up gently and peacefully? Like wake me up by spooning with me. Don't wake me up with a loud horn. I don't like, like fucking last night at 3 a.m. when these alarms went off on our phones and I had a panic attack in the middle of the night. That's not what we want, right? So I'm not doing that. Um, the next question and the very last question, I almost said this in the beginning, but I just love this question. And I've got to shout it out. This is from one of my friends, Carrie, whom I feel so happy to know. And it's so interesting to see people shifting throughout their lives. It's so interesting to see what interests and hobbies people are getting into when they're working on themselves and being able to see people really progress and come into their own. And Carrie, you're such a beautiful person and so, I'm so happy to know you and be your friend. And I hope all is well. I haven't seen you in a while. Miss you. But Carrie's question is, 
How do you prevent your routines from becoming prisons? I want to say that again. How do you prevent your routines and habits from becoming a prison? Now, this might not resonate with anybody, but if you are doing a lot of work on yourself and you think that by building healthy habits and routines and things like that is going to fix what's going on internally, you know, if you obsess over habits and rituals and self-care, then it, it does begin to feel like a bit of a prison. So what I mean by that is, and what I believe he means by this, or Carrie means by this, is when you feel like you're non-negotiables in the morning, like you cannot have a good day unless you do X, Y, Z, and in that order. Or, and if you don't get to do those things, then all hell breaks loose, you've lost control, and your self-worth goes down. Or you feel like, I, I, a lot of this comes down to self-worth, and here's what I would say to that, is that habits and rituals, we want to make them mindful and malleable. Mindful in the sense of you actually know why you're doing it. You're not just going through the motions. And malleable in the sense that we can move them, we can shape them, we can change them, and we can adapt them, right? I've never met anybody who eats the exact same thing as they did when they were 12. And vice versa, I don't, I'm 28 now, and I don't picture myself eating the exact same way when I'm 48 years old. Things will change, things will ebb, things will flow. And if we are open to those small changes and adaptations, that's where the consistency stays. So when we're talking about building habits, I think that it's best to think, okay, what is the purpose of this habit? How, why am I integrating this into my life? Like, did I read it in a book? Did I hear it in a podcast? Is there someone that I really admire who does this morning routine or this evening routine or this workout regimen who I really like? Is there someone who I really, really admire, who I want their life and I just think that they're so great, they're my expander and they do X, Y, and Z, so I'm going to do that? We want to think, okay, are we trying to be that person? Are we trying to, are we wanting the emotions that they feel? Confidence, consistency, pride, non-judgmentalness, Jesus. Um, and so I really would implore you to take a look at what feelings you want to invoke from these rituals and adapt from there. So if you're feeling like, okay, I really just want to start my day with no anxiety and just calm, then maybe a mindfulness practice in the morning would be best. It doesn't have to be a 30-minute meditation. It doesn't have to be a 10-minute meditation. It can be Wim Hof breath work. It can be writing in a journal just a mind dump. It can be going for a walk without your phone. It can be sitting down, listening to a song, not touching your phone. I think a lot of it has to do with the phone. Or just laying in bed for a minute and putting your hands on your chest, breathing, and you know, letting your belly rise and fall. Letting your day start like that. So 
we want to make sure that we are able to, yes, have these routines and habits while we are traveling, while we're out doing X, Y, and Z. Maybe we're not in our perfect situation. Like I used to feel so much anxiety leaving my house or getting up at a different time of the morning, knowing that my morning routine was going to be off. And I just, I remember it so well that I would, I would bail on plans because I knew that if I got home at a certain time at night, then I wouldn't get eight hours of sleep. My whole next day would be ruined. And I was always living in the future. And it took me away from the present moment, which I think at the end of the day is what we all really want is to be super present and mindful and happy where we are standing. Um, and I would definitely just look at why are we doing this morning routine? Why are we so invested in what would we say to a friend who we saw was truly being owned by their routine and their habits? Are they even enjoying their workouts? Are they even enjoying the healthy food? Because again, it goes back to everything that we talk about is the 80-20 lifestyle when there's going to be those times when they're out of your control. But as long as you know you have these routines to fall back on, then that's really what we want to focus on. I think that if you feel like you are a prisoner to your habits and your routine, I would get really clear and start to write out exactly what it is that you want, what you're trying to get out of these morning routines, write down the emotions that you're trying to feel, try and think about what blocks are coming up, why are you feeling either this heavy emotion of shame, of guilt, low self-worth, where is that coming from? Maybe that means going to therapy. Maybe that means minimizing your morning routine and be like, okay, I think I'm doing too much right now. This isn't serving me. I'm just going through the motions. It's like when you see people squatting. They're just like up, down, up, down, up, down. They're not squeezing. They're not feeling that muscle-mind connection. It's the same thing with emotions. And It's the same thing with anything in life. If you're not feeling it or understanding why you're doing it, it's not going to stick. And then you become resentful of it. And you can't adapt it. I remember I would get so stressed out if I couldn't wake up at least an hour early and get my cup of coffee, poop, (laughs) hydration, face wash, and... 10 minutes of a meditation in the morning and I was like okay wow if I'm visiting a friend for the weekend or if I have a friend in town and they wake up before me how can I bring those practices into play while not letting it control my life so have a mindfulness practice even if it's just a 10 deep breaths some box breathing and be able to notice when you are getting these pent-up emotions and when you are starting to when you're starting to let them control you typically when we start to feel this way it's because we're getting out of the present moment and we're going into the future well if i don't do this now x y and z is going to happen in the future and i think we need to give ourselves a little more credit than that to know that 
it will be okay if one of the mornings is not perfect. And I think it'll be okay if, if we just talk about that. Like, ask questions like this and say, okay, these are controlling me. How, how can I live my life while still doing the things that I enjoy and that help me stay clear? So that's my long ass winded answer. <laughs> okay. Um, but before we get into just a quick discussion, just a small five minute discussion, I wanted to talk to you guys about today's show sponsor. All right. So you guys have heard me for the last couple of episodes talking about one of my new favorite beverages called Taonin. All right. So Taonin is an instant beverage. And I don't think that people really realize like how big the package is. It's got 30 servings in it. And that's why I like it so much. I feel like I go through a bag of tea or a box of tea so fast, or I go through supplements so fast, but this one has lasted me. It's so potent. It's amazing. So I'm super pleased about it. Um, So basically what Taonin is, is it is an instant beverage. They have six different flavors and they have a ton of different medicinal mushrooms in them that will help with immunity. It helps with detoxifying. It helps with adapting. It has adaptogens in it. So things like reishi and lion's mane, all of these powerhouse mushrooms that really help your immune function. And it helps you kind of regulate your nervous system a little bit. So you basically adapt and it helps you level out at whatever feeling you have. All right. So as you all know, I've definitely been reducing the amount of coffee that I've been drinking. And um, I will say I've been doing like two to three cups per week, which is awesome for me at least. And so I've been doing a couple of cups per week when I'm not doing this, or if I need a midday warm, comforting type of beverage, I will always, always, always do the matcha. All right. This is an already opened bag because I've used it so many times. As soon as they sent this to me, I was like, shit, this is going to go so fast. So I really love the matcha. And what I love so much about it is that so many matchas out on the market today are completely sugary, sugar-based, processed. You're not getting the full benefits of them. 60 milligrams of caffeine per serving as opposed to a regular cup of coffee, which is about 100 milligrams, so you get all jitterbug. But what I love about this, it is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free, and sugar-free. That's a huge one for me is if I'm drinking something in the morning, replacing my morning cup of coffee with a matcha, then I want it to be a smooth, creamy, rich texture and flavor, but I don't want it to be sugary. I don't want to spike my cortisol and my insulin super earlier in the day. I notice when I do that and I drink sugary things in the morning that I'm totally prone to choosing sugary, less healthy things throughout the day. So that's really why I love Taonin. So make sure you guys are checking them out. Check out the matcha. They also have a turmeric flavor and a ginger flavor, which is really great for settling down at night, less inflammation. So if you're an athlete, you're working out a lot, or if you really just want like a creamy, nice, beautiful tea throughout the day, then highly recommend checking out the turmeric and the ginger. It's my favorite. It's most like, yes, it's my favorite. I'm going to go ahead and say I love the matcha, but if I were going to do a decaf kind, it would definitely be the ginger or the turmeric. And I've just got to let you know, check out Taonin, T-E-O-N-A-N, all right, T-E-O-N-A-N.com. Use code H-T-H at checkout for 15% off. Make sure you check out the matcha again, T-E-O-N-A-N.com. 
to check out all of their teas and all of their products and make sure you use this coupon code immediately. Join me, try them. They're amazing. They're going to last a while. I'm actually drinking the turmeric kind right now because I didn't want any midday caffeine. So I'm drinking the turmeric because I'm sore as fuck from my workout the other day, especially if you have kids. These are also really great for kids and they have a probiotic in them. So Let's just talk about that for a minute. So if you have a kid, they have a really a fantastic cacao mix and it's so yummy. You can make a little hot chocolate for your kid at night or for you at night. I always talk about this cacao elixir that I make and I'm going to start using the cacao from Teonin. You guys do not want to miss out on this company. They aren't going to have this discount around for long. Use the code HTH for 15% off at checkout. All of those details are going to be in the show notes for you guys after today's episode. All right. So like I was saying before, what I would love to give you guys at the end, I'm trying to figure out a way, hey, like what can I really do? I used to, at the end of every episode, give out one physical resource for everyone to check out. And then I would give out one tip at the end of an episode. So we're going to bring that back for the YouTube portion of the podcast. All right. So if you are on Spotify or if you are on iTunes, then this is where it's going to cut off for you. And I hope that you have an amazing rest of the day. Make sure you check out the show notes right here so that you can subscribe to the YouTube channel. And we're going to figure this out. All right. So it's kind of going to be like, I'm even more so in your life. And that way you can check out more of what I'm talking about. You can check out the podcast sponsors. You can check out my skin. You can check out um, anything that we're talking about. I'm going to try and have a lot of like props and tips and things like that. You're not going to miss anything if you are still wanting to just listen as a podcast, maybe on a walk. But if you want that little extra tip tidbit at the end, it will just be based around YouTube. All right. So... If you are listening to the podcast through the podcast app or whatever app you listen to other than YouTube, this is where we say sayonara and I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Make sure you are liking, subscribing, sharing. If you're listening to it still, take a screenshot of what you see, post it on your Instagram or your story, wherever. It is so easy. You just take a quick screenshot or you hit share. If you're on Spotify, Go on to Hotter Than Health, hit follow. If you're on iTunes, if you're on a podcast app, Apple Podcast, hit subscribe, hit follow. I cannot tell you how much it means. Thank you so, so much for listening. Now, if you are on the YouTube, on the YouTube, I'm 100. If you're on YouTube, let's get into two of the tips that I've got for you this week. Mm-hmm.